0: Welcome to the Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj.
1: All right, welcome to Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor. I'm your host, Victor Daddage. I hope you are having an amazing day so far. Today, we have an awesome guest. She is an entrepreneur. She is the host of the Allergic to Small Talk podcast. She is a networking coach for small business owners and she is the co-founder of Cut Class. Let's welcome Rochelle Groh. How are you doing today Rochelle?
0: I'm doing awesome Victor. Thank you so much for having me on your show today.
1: Oh, it's great having you on and uh, I'd like to get started by asking you to please share your story. How did you uh, wind up becoming an entrepreneur?
0: I love this question. And the reason why I got started with my small businesses was because I was in a corporate gig for a really long time for almost a decade. And I had worked myself up the corporate ladder. I had gotten my executive MBA. I had a really nice luxury car. And, you know, I had all the things that I thought would make me happy. And at some point in my career, I really felt as though that there was something missing. There was something that kind of said, Rochelle, is this it? You did everything that by textbook you're supposed to do in order to be successful, in order to be happy. But unfortunately, I found myself at the top of the corporate ladder, burned out, tired, and really, really unhappy. So I quit my corporate gig And believe it or not, I drove for Uber and Lyft because that was the easiest thing I could think about in order to earn money while I thought about my next move. And I cashed out my shares in the company, which helped me a little bit financially while I was cruising around, um, kind of having fun driving passengers around. And then it wasn't until I moved to the UK about four years ago where I really took my entrepreneurial journey seriously because. There are people in the UK that I interviewed with, and none of them would give me a job, Victor. It was, it was horrible. And so they didn't care about my past corporate experience. They didn't care about my, my executive MBA. And I literally got the door shut on me. And that was when I had to really focus and really understand that it was time for me to really rely on myself and create my businesses. And I really focused on what I was passionate about, which was connecting with people and, and creating community.
1: That is awesome. So, yeah, I think a lot of people have uh, some a similar type of story. They were in the corporate world. They were doing really well. They were, they were going up the corporate ladder, getting these promotions and raises. You got your executive MBA. You had a nice car. And from the outside, everything looked great. But from the inside, you were exhausted. You were burned out. You were very unhappy. So, it sounded like it, uh, probably after a certain point, you were probably dreading going to work, even though you had all these great accomplishments and a lot of people get burned out. People have no idea how many people get burned out in the corporate world. And 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 you, there came a point, you, you said, is this all that is? there? All that there is, is, is this all that is left? And then after a point you just left and uh, you were driving Uber and Lyft for a while, which is interesting because people don't realize People that have drive to to Ubers and the list, they are very entrepreneurial. Actually, a lot of them also do side gigs as well. They'll do entrepreneurial stuff, whether it's affiliate marketing, network marketing, etc. So, uh, they, this is a way for them to make extra it, money. Actually, it's a great way I find for them to meet people, meet potential clients. So, um, and but this also you know, it gave you some spending money—you know, money to you know take care of yourself while you try to figure out what to do. So, here's the thing: no matter what you're doing in life. It, it can always be a preparation for what's coming for you next. And that's what happened to you as you moved to the UK about four years ago, but then you found out that a lot of people did not want to give you an opportunity, even though you had all this great experience, They didn't care for some reason. So uh, it made you frustrated. And this, I think really gave you a, a kickstart, made you say, man, I really need to really jumpstart this entrepreneurial journey. And you really, and I guess this is the beginning of where you said to yourself, the importance of networking, how to get to know a lot of people, because a lot of people, and and I noticed when I was in the corporate world, I did not network nearly as much as I should have. And I think that definitely cost me a lot of opportunities, a lot of promotions, because I noticed the people, many people that did well, were the ones that really networked. They got to meet other people in different parts of the company, and they got to know everyone, and everyone who knew who they were. So networking is important no matter, what business you go into. So, yeah, and you might talk a little bit more about how you discovered that, how the importance, I mean, obviously that was part of it, but, you know, talk about why is it so important for your career, no matter what profession you go in?
0: Yeah, so I think, you know, people think about networking as a scary thing, but in reality it's it's simply just connecting with another human being to build a community and i th- i think about networking and and communities kind of like a financial portfolio you want to be diversified so whether that's within your personal life whether that's with you know business i think there's a really it's a really great benefit to create small pockets of community in order to make your life thrive and for me it was absolutely essential because I had moved to a country as a foreigner and I knew nobody but my husband and my, and at the time, our son was only six months old. So if I was going to make it in this country, I really needed to go out and create my communities in every facet of my life. I had no friends, I had no family, and I had to create my businesses from scratch. And so where I decided to create my community first was with my, um, was with First was my business. And so I think oftentimes what people are challenged with is going out to network to get business. And and really what networking can be is creating a community to learn. I didn't know the way culture, how the business culture worked in England. I didn't understand how how business was done here at all so I really used the first couple of months while I was here understanding the culture of business and how people expected business to be transacted here so I started joining various different networking groups and by the way networking groups is just one way to build a community there's several other different ways to do so but I particularly focus on business networking and um yeah, I started joining various networking groups and I started doing things online as well. And that's kind of where the journey began for me here in in, uh, Newcastle. However, the reason why I focused on networking was because in my corporate job, like you'd mentioned earlier, it was absolutely essential for me to use my networking skills because I worked for a trash company. And not many people love their their trash provider because they're stinky, they're they're dirty. So corporate social responsibility was a huge part of my job. And what that entailed was me going out to various nonprofit organizations, sitting on different board of directors in order to make sure that our company were good citizens in the community. So I used my past experience and um, leveraged that success and duplicated it here within the UK.
1: Oh, that, that's totally awesome. And I like uh, what you said about it. We, we are now, where you got to diversify like a portfolio, you know, create small pockets of different communities. You came to the UK, you didn't know anyone. The only people you knew were your husband and you had a six-month-old son. And uh, so that, that could be scary, but it's, uh, it's quite impressive. You went to a, a brand new country, and you were able to build this business, this successful business, and you've done really well over the last four years, but it can be very scary. Uh, you had to go out of your comfort zone, which a lot of people are afraid. to a lot of people are unhappy what they did. Number one, you left a job where you were very successful. And a lot of people would have left, you know, would not have left. They said they may not have been happy like you weren't happy, but... were comfortable where they were they they knew what to expect so they 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 feared the unknown you did not fear the unknown. you went to try something that's scary for the vast majority of people and yet you took that chance and as a result of the fact you took that chance rochelle you were able to achieve great things if you stayed where you were yeah you could have done some good (laughs) things there but you would have hated what you would have done and you would have been miserable coming home to your husband and your little boy so i think right now i'm sure there uh, you're a much more pleasant wife, you're a much more pleasant mom because you enjoy what you're doing a lot more. And, you know, yeah, you create these different communities and you mentioned something. Dif- it, the way business is done in different countries is totally different. So the UK, you discovered, it's a totally different culture. And if you go to Asia or South America, you're going to find everything is different. So how we th- do things over here in the United States, Okay, it's, it's done one way, but when you, go to, uh, you went to the UK, it was a bit of a culture suck. You, so you listen and you learn, which a lot of people um, have to realize that's something very important. You have to listen. Too many people do too much talking and not enough listening. And you that's the only way you get better is by listening because you never learn by talking. And you know, you talked about now A lot of people you mentioned like to go just to get busy. And here's, here's, here's the danger with that. I think you could talk about this a little bit more. A lot of people go to that same networking event. They're all going there just to get business, but they don't go there, to try to help other people out. Whereas I think if you go there and say, hey, if you need a referral, I can help you. And the long term, doing stuff like that, helping other people at the event can bring you a lot more business if you're going out with the incentive to try to help them. And then later on, when they think about, well, who do I, who do I know can help this person. They'll think of you because you helped them out. So a lot of people never focus on the fact serving people at these network events is, is highly important. So you mind talking a little bit about that?
0: Yeah. So I think that there are many reasons why people go to networking events and, and, you know, getting business, of course, it has to be, a, it does have to be one of the priorities, but I think that there is, it's, There's a whole process to networking. And I think in the beginning, it's really about that learning and building the relationships before you get the business. And, And to be quite frank, when you join networking groups, guess what? That networking group may not even align with you and your business and your values and what you stand for. So, you want to, you know, I always guide people to say, make sure that the group aligns with you and your values before you decide to do business with anybody in the room. Yes, you know, earning earning a dollar, earning a pound is really important, but if that's going outside of what you believe in, then it's probably not going to be a good fit. So, yeah, I definitely think that, um, Building community and building those relationships is, is absolutely found as a foundational piece that needs to occur before any any transactions take place.
1: Yeah, I like that. Make sure any group or community you're dealing with aligns with you and your values. They may not align with you, and that's okay. You, they can go look for, for another one. And I, and I like the fact you talked about building relationships. It is so key. When you're an entrepreneur when you're a small business owner because I don't think a lot of people spend enough time doing that because you have no idea those relationships you you build what kind of business they can turn you turn on to you because they could you might they may introduce people that can help you or they may introduce you to someone who can introduce you introduce you to someone just because of the fact you built these wonderful relationships. So you might talk a little bit more of because you made the jump from going from the United States to the UK. Now not everyone may not necessarily go to a different country but they may, like, over in the United States, they may move to a different city. So I'm in New York City. Maybe one day I'm, I need to move to Chicago or to Los Angeles or to Houston or to, or to some other city. So there might be a person who wants to open up a business in a different city, but because of that, comfort, zone, they might be afraid of the, you know, what may happen with it. So, what what advice would you give to those people considering moving to a different city to open up a business?
0: That's a really great point, Victor. I actually started my career in california i then moved to manhattan i was working in downtown manhattan and you know even just state to state is in city to city within the states business is done very differently and then you know even country to country is very different so talk about culture shock i was doing business in new york and then you moved to england and business here is done very slow. And you're a New Yorker, so you know that business is done very fast and it's very quick in New York. So I had to really adjust to the culture here at a very slow, a lot, a lot slower pace here, which was very frustrating in the beginning. But I realized just that that's just how business is done. So, one of the things I would say, that one of my biggest takeaways is to drop any preconceived notion about how you think business is done and how you are conditioned to do business in the city that you grew up in, in the city that you were raised and born in, because, or even a city that, you, uh, that you've that you know, moved to. It's just the way that you think things are supposed to be done, it, it's not the way that other people do it. And you don't know what you don't know. And so that is my number one advice is, drop any preconceived notions and drop any expectations because when you have those expectations, that's when you become frustrated and upset when things aren't going your way. So that's my biggest my biggest advice, but as well as um, if people are nervous about networking in a new city, I always say begin networking online first. If you're if you're very nervous about it, there's tons of networking groups around the world and even within different states in America that network online. So you don't need to go into a hotel lobby where everybody's wearing like 50 shades of navy, like you can really just do things online before you actually go in person to build your community.
1: Yeah, no, I think that that last one was an excellent point. You can network online, there's so many groups out there. Facebook's got tons of groups, LinkedIn's got a whole bunch of groups. You can find them on other social media as well. So you can meet these people, you can talk to them, you can message them, you get on a Zoom call with them, you can Skype with them. And it's a great way to meet them before you actually go over there. And I like how you mentioned that not to have any preconceived notions because I think that gets us into a lot of trouble because we have these preconceived notions. and. <laughs> And everything's totally different. Like you said, you came from California to Manhattan and you realize things are totally different from the two coasts. And I like how you said, try not to have expectations because when you have these expectations, it leads to disappointment, it leads to frustration, it leads to stress because people have these expectations when they get started, especially when you're an entrepreneur. Like maybe a lot of times people become entrepreneurs. They come from a, a corporate world or another background they're working as an employee. And they have these expectations that first couple of months, things are going to work a certain way. Uh, That's going to work so much the way things were when they worked a regular job, and they find out it is it, it, nothing could be further from the truth. It is the exact opposite of what they expected, and as a result, they get frustrated. and Sometimes they quit. So, uh, so I'm sure uh, your strength is dealing with the f- new, first-time small business owners. So you probably deal with these kind of people, and they, they have these false expectations. So, what are some of the things you teach these new business owners? As to how to deal with expectation, what to expect, what they should focus on, and what they should avoid to number one, grow their business, number two, to build up the networking community with other people.
0: Yeah. So first-time small business owners need to realize that if they have just recently like ditched their nine to five, in addition to setting up business processes and systems, you're also going to be setting up a community that's going to support you and your business to grow right? So a nine to five jobs pro- probably already had an internal community that whether you participated in that community or not, it was a community that was inside that company. And guess what? When you become a small business owner, it's up to you to create that community around you. And being a small business owner, solopreneur, whatever you want to call it, um, it can get really lonely. It can get really difficult sometimes. And if you're surrounded by people around you that do not have the mindset of being an entrepreneur, that do not have share the same struggles as being a small business owner, they're not going to really get where you're at when you're struggling in your business. So when you go out to network, you really want to build that community around people that are like-minded, that understand what you're going through, and can also share in your successes. So I think if, what I really guide them on is, yes, let's, let's, let's be strategic about networking. And of course we want to generate revenue, but understand that you're building a network that's really going to support you as you grow. And also as you go through struggles in your business.
1: No, and I think that's an excellent point. You need to be around people that will support you in your journey. And, and that's why you meet these other small owners, other entrepreneurs, because they're they understand where you come from because they're going through the same journey, and they're going to support you. And when you're successful, and you're going to support them when they're successful. And they're like-minded people. They understand the journey. Whereas people that you used to work with, say, whether it was an office, or a store, or at a gas station, they don't fully understand because uh, they don't. It's a totally different mindset. You have a, a big mindset shift when you try to become a small business yes. owner. And and like you said, you had a community when you were at your job. Now you have to develop your own community. And like I said, a lot of times you're starting off on your own. So that's why you need to network and build other communities. So I thought that was an important point because we're social beings. We need to be around people that support us. And because like you said, there are going to be tough times, you know, not uh, when you open up your own small business, not steady. Because you might have some great months, some months, but you might have a couple of months where things are going down and you get a little frustrated. You're wondering, maybe I should give up. But then when you meet, when you, go to your community and they tell you about what they went through and, oh yeah it went down for a little bit but then it picked up again they'll tell you to keep going not to give up because you're going to have your ups and your downs and There, there are very few businesses where it's just steady income sometimes you have these gray months and sometimes you have these months where it's going down so you get, that comes to that's to be expected so I think a lot of people don't understand so that's a great point you uh made and it, it brings me to something I've always thought about uh, I think in any entrepreneur journey I think it's so important to have Uh, mindset and personal development is really important because if you don't have that, you're much more likely to quit. So you might talk a little bit about the importance of mindset and personal development if you're a first-time small business owner.
0: Absolutely. Mindset, I think, especially for first-time small business owners is so important because it's so easy to go, this is getting hard. I'm going to fall back and I'm going to go do my nine to five. But that could just lead to further unhappiness because you already know what that nine to five game is about. So when you have a, a strong mindset, what, what we like to start off with at Cut Class is helping our clients develop their big why. And your why is what gets you out of bed in the morning. It's what allows your feet to hit the floor and get running for the day. And so your why is, can, can change over time just depending upon where you are at in your life. So for example, my big why when I was younger, it was definitely to attain the big executive role, to get the car, to get the degree. Well, guess what? that why didn't really hold for me because I ended up being burnt out. And that was really an extrinsic thing that I was trying to go for. But now I'm a wife and I'm a mother and I'm playing a bigger ball game. And so my why now is really to work to create an awesome life for me and my family. And it's changed my why to be more intrinsic than it is extrinsic. So it's really to create something that's for me and my family that's so much bigger But in addition to that, I also really want to be a contribution to people's lives so that they can leave their nine to five that may be where they're underpaid and undervalued to creating something that they're passionate about and while also generating revenue for their future. So I think mindset um, begins with having a really strong why. And in addition to that, it's also having somebody that can see your blind spots and that person can be. In the form of an accountability partner or even a coach i personally have a coach because i like i could sometimes be so far in the jar that i can't see the label on the outside to kind of see what the heck's going on when i'm getting down and out because that that accountability partner that coach or that mentor could really go hey listen I know you're struggling right now, but let's take a look at it from this from this aspect, because sometimes our our lens can be covered with doubt when really it's just going through a rough patch that somebody else has a different view on.
1: Oh, I I totally agree with that. And like you said, when you get started, you may be going through certain struggles. Your mindset might be saying, man, it's not worth I want to go back to my job, which in most cases, like you said, they were miserable at they hated (laughs) their job. You were miserable at your job. You did not want to go back, even though you know it wasn't so easy when you first got started. But you know, after a while, you didn't want to go back. So that's why I I like you talked about. You need to focus on your why, and and that you know, because that gets to the core, what's really important to you. Now your why when you were younger was to attain that nice shot, the big road the core, and all that stuff. But after a while, you realized it was it was more superficial. They make make you happy, and over the years, your your. Your why changed the fact you wanted a great life for your family, for your for your husband, for your kids. It became more intrinsic and you want to contribute more to people's lives. And now you have a why that is stronger and it just makes you happier and it makes you want to get up every day to tackle the world and get things done. And so I I, I agree with everyone. You need to know what your why is, because if you don't, after a while, you're much more likely to give up. But you have a strong why. And Even when you're going through those struggles, it's going to keep you going in that journey. It's going to make sure you don't give up. The people who have those strongest ones are usually the ones that persevere and the ones that succeed. And a lot of times, a lot of people don't understand this. A lot of people are tested. They, they tend to give up right before success is about to hit them. And if they just continue for another month or two or three, they would have hit that success. And, and as a result, they go back to where they were when they're very unhappy. And I like the fact you mentioned see your blind spots because- we only have we can't see everything that we can do but accountability or in your case a coach which i agree having a coach i think is so important they could see the little things you can prove they could tell you you're doing this really well but you might want to consider doing this or this instead tweak this a little bit and make this improvement and then you'll see these great results happen in the next few months you think of it this way all the great athletes in the world no matter how great they are they all have a coach they all have a trainer why? Because they know the importance that that, that that coach can see certain things that they're not doing better, that they can improve on. Because you can't see everything that you can do, but an, an outside a, a, a view from someone that's those two sets of eyes, that can tell you, yes, you need to do this. You need to practice doing this more. And that's why these athletes get better, because they listen to their coach. And you listen to your coach. I listen to my coach. And if you really want to be, if you want to be in any profession, but especially if you want to be an entrepreneur, you really need to get a good coach. At, or at the very least, get an accountability part. Because when you're working a regular job, your boss holds you accountable. If you don't do what you're supposed to do, you're going to get fired. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> when you're an entrepreneur, you work for yourself, guess what? There's no one to hold you accountable. So it's easy to, you know, procrastinate, you know, get distracted because you say, I can do it some more next week. But you have an accountability point, you're talking to either every day or at least every two or three days or a coach you're talking to at least once a week, they're going to hold you accountable and they will not accept any excuses from you. And they're going to tell you, no, um, you make sure you do this next time we talk. So I think that's so important that you brought that up because it's really, I, I don't think enough people take advantage of it. I think sometimes um, people think they can work it out all on themselves and they just can't. So I think that was a great point um, that you made. So you might talk a little bit more as to the effect having a coach has made in your career and your business. So it might give some people inspiration to consider getting one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like to think about a coach um, and I, I, I like to use the analogy of playing pool. I don't know if there's any pool players out there that are listening, but when you're playing pool, sometimes just the, the most, like the smallest little tweak on your, on your pool stick when it taps the ball, when it hits the ball, can make all the difference whether or not you're going to make that that uh, ball in the pocket. And so, and in addition to that, listen, there's so many resources out there, right? We can learn on TikTok, we can learn on YouTube, we can learn by googling. But I simply don't have the time to waste in order to understand all of that knowledge and and dilute that down to figure out w- which is the right path for me to go. I want that coach that's looking over my shoulder that says, Rochelle, I need you to tweak that, your, your pool stick to the right at 10 degrees and hit the ball this way. That is what I, that is why I invest in a coach because A, I want to save time. And I want somebody that has the expertise that can tell me exactly how to shift that pull stick in order to play the business game. So I can be just that much better than my competitors.
1: Uh, absolutely. I think that's a key point there. You could probably figure out everything on your own. You can go on Google and learn these things, but it might take you 5, 10, 20 years. A coach can help you learn in a few months. And that's why it's so important. Yeah, you got to invest some money. But think about the time and the effort and the money you'll make in, in the long run. So a lot of people think of it as a cost and they need to see it as an investment. And you, and you gotta ask asked, so. is it worth the investment? And almost always, it is definitely worth having that investment. So, you know, those are definitely some great things you uh, you brought up here because, uh, yeah, coach mindset, those things are also very important. Now, are there any other tips you would recommend to people who are getting started, who maybe they not have you as a coach, but they're listening to this podcast and they're saying, you know, I'm looking to start my own small business. I want to be able to drum up some business. Um you know what what are some of the things you might recommend because i think some people think like they'll like and also might talk a little bit the difference between um um looking for clients offline and now you kind of hinted at that a little bit before but you know, might talk a little bit about that because i think sometimes people focus too much on one or the other i think especially in this day and age a lot of people focus solely on online but there's a lot of business you can get offline so you might talk a little bit about that
0: Sure. So I'll answer your first question in terms of a big tip that I would give to somebody that wants to start out as a small business owner, entrepreneur, solopreneur. I would say ensure that you have some system in order to keep all of your business running. So you may have marketing, you might have sales, you might have your uh, customer relationship management, you might have your social media, right? You have all of these different little mini departments within your business that guess what? You have to run. Well, how the hell are you going to remember every single thing that you need to do in your business? I personally like to use a project management software tool. There's so many out there. I prefer to use monday.com because I can create these small little pockets of my business where I can keep track and also time myself on various tasks that are that I have to do in a business, in my business. So that is like my number one tool and tip is to make sure that there is some process or some system that keeps your entire business rocking and rolling from day in to day out so you don't lose track of what you need to do to move your business forward. And and to answer your second question, yes, there's a lot that you can do online, both organic and also paid. But in the organic side, what I like to say is, listen, we all are on some type of social media, whether that's Snapchat, whether it's TikTok or Instagram, LinkedIn, you name it. We all have various pockets of communities. But the number one community that people can tap into are called dormant ties. And these are people that are that have been in our life uh, In the past, whether that's from a past career or education or a nonprofit group that we've been in, but for some reason due to life and career changes or moves across the world, in my case, you just simply lost touch with them. It doesn't mean that they're not a friend. It's just you haven't had a conversation with them in a long time. So when people are starting to generate a new, create a new business and, and they need to generate business, the first place to start is to make a list of five dormant ties that they have not spoken to you in three to five years. The longer, the better. And I'm not talking about relationships that you have to go back and repair. So if you've upset a previous boyfriend or girlfriend, don't go there. These are, this is not the time for that. These are people that where, you know, that you can just pick up where you left off. And it's simply starting a conversation with them with, hey, I heard this person on this podcast. And she made me think about you. And so I wanted to send you a message to see how you're doing. If you can send the message to five, five dormant ties, that's where you're going to get a lot of juice from that lemon when you squeeze it. So focus on dormant ties first. And that could be sent, you know, you do that by a text message. You can send an email, whichever way you choose to get in contact. But that is a really valuable way to kickstart your network. And guess what? They're not strangers. You don't have to walk into a room and meet strangers. So that's dormant ties. And then online, I would say, um, you can start on Facebook or, or LinkedIn, but I would start messaging people, start with your A's in alphabetical order and start saying hello to them and just kind of tackle 10 to 15 of them a day and make that a habit and reach out to them and then just see where the conversation goes. Um, so you can see what they're up to and what you have to offer. Don't go into selling, just start a conversation.
1: All right, some great stuff there. Um, yeah, I like that uh, part about go to the dormant side uh, three to five years, go to five of them, message them, see where the conversation goes. Say hello, don't say hello, you want to buy from me? Uh, that's a that's mistake I think a lot of people might go, see where the conversation goes. You never know, chat for a while. You might say, hey, let's catch up or let's get on a Zoom call. And you just never know where that call would take you. from. So I like that idea. I like the idea also just have assistance to keep all things running. And you mentioned a project management software called Monday.com. So yeah, we need to keep track of time. A lot of times, I think having a schedule, I think, is very important because too many times people they'll you, you might they have a tendency to focus on too many unimportant things. Whereas you have a schedule, keep track of things. Yes, I'm going to spend an hour on this, two hours on that. You focus on the most important things that are going to help grow your business. I think it will definitely help grow your business a lot more. I think it's a mistake uh, a lot of people uh, uh, make. And they don't realize the importance of keeping track of your time, like, especially if you're working online. I could be on Facebook for 10 hours and I could <coughs> pretend I was very busy, but I, I got nothing in comments because I was just liking and commenting on people's posts. But it didn't help grow my business any. Now, if I limit it to messaging people for an hour, and maybe liking commenting some posts, I've done what I needed to do, and I didn't waste nine hours, which is so easy to do. You can do that on pretty much any of these social media programs. Now, another issue I think that happens to some when they get started is, I think, and this is something Robert, uh, Michael Gerber wrote in the E-Myth, in the E-Myth was Revisit. They think because they were so good at one job that when they start their own business, they don't realize that they're not just doing what they we're doing it, the old job, but they're wearing four or five different hats and they get overwhelmed. And then they realize, man, this is so... And overwhelm is one of the reasons why people don't succeed when they start their own business. So you might talk about how they can avoid getting into that email trap and also um, talk about, you know, maybe they want to uh, the importance of, you know, delegating that work to other people, maybe getting a virtual assistant. So you might talk a little bit about, you know, how they can avoid falling into that trap.
0: Sure. So the way I like to what I like to share about protecting your time as a small business owner is like this, protect your time the way that you protect your food intake or your nutrition, right? You wouldn't not not feed yourself. Like you have to eat, right? You you know that you're going to have to get at least three meals a day. And so make sure that you're protecting your time as you would your, you know, as you would feed yourself. So make sure that you understand how many hours that you have to work for the day. So for, for example, let's say that you have I don't know, six hours to work today. Well, then I would I would make a list of the top priorities that I need to get done for that day and estimate how long it's actually going to get me, how long it's actually going to take me to do each of those tasks. If I say that those three or four tasks are going to take me a total of eight hours, guess what? I now know that I am not going to be able to get those tasks done because I only have six hours to work today. So that's going to force me to prioritize what's most important about those tasks. Another thing is uh, taking um, meetings or podcast interviews, right? So I only like to take networking meetings on a Friday. I use Calendy where, I only network on a Friday to do my one-to-ones. Why? Because I like to know um, what I'm doing Monday through Thursday. And every Friday is just going to be dedicated to those one-to-ones. That way, I'm not driving myself crazy thinking, oh, I have a a one-to-one on Monday. I have a one-to-one on a Tuesday. I'm not booking myself out and stressing myself out, running from here, there, and everywhere, trying to get on a Zoom, trying to get to a coffee shop to meet people. So structuring days to maybe have only set appointments is super important. Um, and also just understanding and estimating how long it's gonna take for you to get, um, to get tasks done. And my last tip is um, I like to have what I like to call a 25% BS buffer throughout my day. So, so I don't ever pack out every single hour that I can work in a day. I always give myself that 25% just for things that come up. Or an emergency appointment. So while I may have six hours to work today, maybe I'm only booking out—I don't know—like four and a half hours or something. So that, those are my top three tips.
1: No, oh, I, I, I like those things you shared. Like you said, you know, you you schedule three or four tasks and maybe you decide you might take eight hours and you realize I only have six hours to work and that's more. So I got to prioritize. Maybe one of those tasks I can't do tomorrow, I'll do it for another day. So prioritizing thing. Protect and I like protect your time that can protect your food and your nutrition. You're careful about what you feed yourself and protecting your food. You got to protect your time too. You, your time is, you know, such a valuable asset because if you lose some money, you can find a way to get it back. But Once you lose that time, you cannot get that time back. So you have to realize your time is such a valuable asset. And I like how you talk about structuring your days like you have one day where you're going to focus on networking or meetings or interviews. And then you can, and then you can structure the other four days differently. So having that is, it, it, and I know a lot of other people do something similar, they structure they have, one day, one day's focus on that and other days, you know, and maybe they're an author, they'll, they'll focus one day for writing, other days for coaching and doing other things. So I, I, I like that idea too, this way, you know, you got to, what to focus on each day. And, and I like that 25% BF, but for things that come up, you just don't know. And just having maybe just a little time to relax, you know, things go on. Maybe you just get a call from a friend. You can talk to if it's empty. You never know what's going to happen. Or something happens, you get a call from your kid from school. You got to go pick them up. You never enough things do happen, so give some time for yourself. And I, I think that's another important thing. You got to find some time for yourself. So you, if your job, your in business, should serve you. Should it should be your servant, not you. Should not be the servant to your business. And I think it's a trap a lot of people fall into. So I think these tips you just gave it's a great way to make sure that your business serves you instead of you serving your business. And it's going to lead to a lot less frustration and stress. So I like these lesser ideas. These are are excellent now as we get getting close to the end of the interview are there any last minute tips you'd like to share with our audience you've shared a lot of great ones but any others you'd like to share as well
0: let's see i would say you know if you're leaving a nine to five don't go into a business that's going to be a five to nine like a 5 a.m to 9 p.m right and i think um make sure you're having fun if it's something that you know If you're in a business that's contributing to others, just make sure you're doing your best and and um, have fun with what you're doing, you know, and uh, have a really great why so that you can get out of bed every single day. But I would say those are my top tips.
1: Uh, That's some great stuff. Yeah. Uh, Have fun with what you're doing, because it's one of the reasons you get into it. You know, you left your old job because you were miserable at it. So why would you want to go into something when you're not having fun? And and I, I like what you said. Make sure you don't go from a nine to five to a five to nine. And that is such an easy trap to fall into. I know a lot of people that that do that and they get frustrated and they give up after six months or a year because they say, I'm working way too many hours. I never see my kids. I never see my spouse. So avoid that trap. So yeah, make sure you're not working. You may need to work you know, a lot of hours at the beginning, but make sure it doesn't get the best. Again, don't make it your, don't make it your master. You gotta make sure you're its master. So definitely avoid that trap. And again, a, a good reminder. Folk have a big, strong mind that's going to be very important and it's going to help you get through this, especially when you go through your ups and your downs. So Rochelle, listen, I want to thank you so much for being on our show and thank you for all the great value and wisdom and the great tips you share for the people who who want to become small business owners. I know they're going to get a lot out of it. And before I let you go, Rochelle, if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to contact you?
0: They can reach me at let's cutclass.com or you can find me on social media at it's row grow.
1: It's row grow. I like that. And let's cut class. You could tell she loves to have, she loves to have fun. So again, thank you so much for being on this show. So get in touch with her. She has a lot of great tips and wisdom to share with you and have yourself an amazing day, Rochelle.
0: You too. Thank you, Victor. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.